Welcome back to another episode of the In No Hurry podcast. And this is the four-year birthday celebration episode. And I'm excited to have Ryan Allward back with me. The music that you hear at the beginning of the show is created by Ryan. And we've tried to do this every year. We missed last year for whatever reason, but we try to get on every year and celebrate the one-year anniversary, or I guess each year's anniversary uh, birthday of the podcast. So Ryan was my first ever guest. He is the... uh, brains behind the music of the show a good friend of mine ryan welcome back to the show how are you i am doing really well man thank you so much for hosting me it is so funny to hear you say four years because i remember when we did our very first session and episode together in the uh in the basement of the fishers public library which Uh, i believe became the uh subject of scrutiny recently over some john green books yeah yeah, it really did. It's uh, it's called the Hamilton County like East Library or something like yes. that. I'm probably getting that. Me- I believe I just, that they, I believe they removed some books of John Green's, and yes, he obviously was not happy about it. And that but, library, but, that specific library, was in the news. So yeah, and now that I think the director has since resigned or retired or I don't know. I honestly, man, I that was a whirlwind, and and I have not. Um, been keeping up 100% with it. I don't know what ended up happening, but I believe um, it was very short. Shortly after that, they reinstated his books being back yeah. in the library, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're like somebody oh. listening to this might have known better, but I, I, I follow yeah. him and I'm pretty sure that's what happened. If I was still teaching, I probably would have followed it a little closer. But yeah, the, the fact that he is a Hoosier and that library was the one where I literally recorded my first podcast episode. <laughs> It was kind of ironic. So, well, we can ask him because I know he's an avid listener. So, we, yeah, we should yeah. hit up John Green. Yeah, well, uh, well I'll, I'll be sure to ask him. Yeah. So, but man, what is new? What's going on? I, I just, I oh love seeing the clips. I, yeah, there's a lot, but I love seeing the clips of you and in your in your indie show that you do with your friend yeah. Jillian, I believe is her name. Correct. Yes, Jillian uh, Dean. Yep. It looks like y'all just have the time of your life doing that show. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's a lifestyle show. So we get to talk about all the really fun stuff that's happening in central Indiana. And we are kind of the kids table of the station, um, <laughs> which we know. And we, we, uh, we, we know that we have to kind of temper the enthusiasm as we walk through like the legitimate newsroom. Cause we're more in like marketing and creative. Um, but when we have to walk through like a room full of legitimate journalists and Jillian has a journalism degree. Like she spent years in, uh, on the, on the news side of things. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's just an interesting world, man. It's, uh, but it's super fun. We, um, the, the show just started its third year, uh, back in September of 23 and, um, man, it's, it's, it quickly became the most watched lifestyle and entertainment show in central Indiana. Um, and that, I mean, it's crazy, man. Like I'll, I'll hear about our ratings from our team and like consistently we're, we're exceeding like, uh, Hoda and, um, what's her name? The, the Bush daughter, what, uh, Jenna oh, yeah. and Hoda, um, like the, the, uh, Kelly Clarkson, Jennifer Hudson, like anyone who's anyone who's got like a daytime talk show um we're just consistently outpacing which is a huge bus I, I don't say that with any um pats on my own back because it is a complete team effort but i do think what we learned is that people really wanted some positive local programming um coming out of the pandemic and so it's just such a blessing man it's uh it's been amazing to be on the team and and really share some joy and positivity and and also just 
I mean, I'm learning from the show about what's happening in central Indiana as well. So having been a Hoosier since 1992, um, it's it's fun for me to learn about what's going on in, in my community as well. So, but yeah, man, thank you. It's 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 a joy. It is such it's it's just a delight. And it's like the best job in the world. It really is. There's a ton of work behind the scenes that that no one really sees except our team. But um, it's so much fun, man. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I know whenever we first connected for the show, you were doing a lot of voiceover work. Obviously, you were doing, uh, you, you were creating new music at that time. Your your Christmas album was about to come out, which we can get yeah. into some music that you have coming out or just came out. Actually, there was a song that sure. just came out. Uh, yeah. But it, it, it this seems like it's right up your alley. And, and so, what what has been, what has been, I guess, some of the similarities and and biggest differences from i guess in a sense performing in this type mm-hmm. of a situation on camera versus what you did with straight no chaser yeah that's a great question um i have googled the amount of people that watch our show every day <laughs> and it it's almost no it is too hard to fathom i've i've performed on a stage uh we we got to open up for Barry Manilow uh back <laughs> Yeah, in London at the O2 Arena in 20, what would that have been? 2011, I think. Um, and it was like 20, 25,000 people. And it was a sea of people. And actually there was a, um, it's a pretty powerful spiritual moment um, where I really, you know, I'm I'm standing on stage with my friends in Straight No Chaser at the time and looking out at this immense amount of people and very few times in my life has, has have I think God has spoken to me kind of audibly where it's like you 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 think it as words, but it's not your own words. If that makes sense. Um, and it, it it was a simple sentence that's that said, uh, and I'll never forget it. Um, I have a stage even bigger than this prepared for you. And I thought, you know, it was a literal stage, but really it's a, it's I think I'm I'm living it now, you yeah. know. 12 years later, um, where it's a platform. And and honestly, Cole, like if I was in front of that many people every day for an hour, I'd probably need a lot um, more decompression time that I currently <laughs> take. But uh, to me, I, I play to the room, man. I, I play to the set. Uh, I play to the crew. I, I play to, uh, if it's appropriate, to try to make my co-host laugh, to make myself laugh, to make our guests feel, you know, really welcome and, and that they want to come back. Um, and so, you know, straight no chaser certainly primed me in many ways for this opportunity to really, you know, meet tons of new people every day, um, which was somewhat reminiscent of like a signing line after a concert, you know, in the days. Um, but I think what I've learned the most, man, is that even, even when it was with straight no chaser, like that was with a group of nine other guys, this, there's probably maybe at any given moment, 10 to 15 people on set. It's, um, it's really taught me a a healthy reminder that like, none of this is mine. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, there's a reason why it's, it's not called the Ryan and Jillian show. The show is about central Indiana. And, um, we get to have a lot of fun while we are on that platform, but none of this is mine. And so I I think, you know, in my early forties, I've just kind of and maybe it's being a dad, maybe it's just being a husband of now going on 16 years of just 
a little bit more wisdom of understanding what this really means in the big scope of things. Mm-hmm. Um, in Straight No Chaser, it was like, man, we got to launch this thing like, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity. Now it also is a once in a lifetime opportunity, but I've got a little bit more rear view mirror to look through and just realize that this could go away at any second. I hope it doesn't, but this is really the first time in my life, man, that I haven't worried or been so consumed with what do the next five years mean? What does this chapter mean? What is this pointing to? I think about that occasionally, but it's not like a daily mm-hmm. obsession isn't the right word, but a daily um, focus of That's mine. That's the word I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, now I just get, to, it's, it, I've, I've heard myself use the metaphor of like, it's like a sandbox, man. I, I get to, to play in it uh, and just have a great time. I'm just curious. I mean, what has been, the most rewarding part of doing that because i know you've gotten to meet a lot of new people and you've had a lot of fun times and maybe what you just described is part of it but just in terms of like the the overall grand scheme of things in doing that show what has been the most rewarding thing for you and that's a really good question um i think the daily understanding that everything that i've done professionally, vocationally, creatively has led to this chapter and knowing that maybe 10 years ago, Ryan would have been really confused or maybe, um, yeah, maybe confused by the path and maybe stressed out and anxious about the path that seemed more, way more like a zigzag than the proverbial straight line. and. I think I've just learned to rest more in the understanding that um, God brought me to this and he's got this and I don't need to try to engineer it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I remember saying to friends, family, um, when I was presented with this opportunity and kind of in the interviewing process for it, um, I kept hearing myself say, man, if I get this, it's all God. Yeah. <laughs> it's all God. Yeah. Uh, because I wasn't, I wasn't looking for this. It wasn't anything that I even was, um, wasn't on like the vision board, like, man, I want to be on TV one day. Um, or I want to be a host of a lifestyle show. Um, but through some friends, I had heard about it. And one friend in particular threw my name in the hat without me really knowing it. And <laughs> said, uh, hey, this has you written all over it. You need to um, you need to submit, you know, your resume yesterday for this. Yeah. And so at that time, you know, I was doing the full time self-employment thing, kind of a multifaceted creative uh, live performing studio work, um, voiceover work. Uh, I had built a a Patreon community um, really since even before the pandemic hit. And so things were just multifaceted already, but this has really been, it, it has been rewarding to have, this is kind of like the flagship, so to yes. speak. Yeah. And I can have a much more stable and for the most part, predictable family life and schedule, you know, yeah. um, our kids are nine and six, uh, Lauren works part-time at our church. So it's a pretty regular week. And I've also learned that with this as the foundation, I don't have to be um, 
driving myself into the ground so much with all the the shows and the gigs but those shows and gigs over the past you know 10 15 years have have really taught me and sharpened sharpened existing skills and taught me new skills yeah um and so it's a it's rewarding to know that i can just step in fully confident into something that i didn't engineer or design yeah. and just know that like god wants me here i don't know for how long but i'm not worried about that like i would have been in the past yeah in the spirit of of the name of the show i mean you mentioned stability and i i mean i I can only imagine when you're doing a lot of different i guess we could call it freelance you know you're doing a lot of freelance i guess video voiceover work you were kind of did you feel at that time in your life that you had to take on any job that came to you or or basically what i'm getting at is do you feel like you're in maybe less of a hurry now because you have that stability does that feel like that's more of a a rhythm for you i think it's I would put hurry under or like not being in a hurry under the umbrella of I have more and this is a luxury. I have more of an ability to say no yeah. to opportunities or projects that come my way. And I think that I don't know when I can't really pinpoint it, but there is something powerful in turning that corner of when you do say no to something, you don't feel the guilt of saying no. Yeah. Because you know that you're saying yes to the most important people, relationships, things, projects that are really where you like your, your super lane highway where you belong. Yeah. And it's also been a blessing is through just over the years, I've been able to develop so many relationships that, you know, if a project isn't right for me, then I can absolutely connect someone with someone who I trust and respect um, that that can easily get the job done. And then I get to be in 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 some way a blessing to both parties yeah. by not even being, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> part of the gig. And and I I did learn recently uh over the past handful of years that I just love being a connector. Um I I really, you know, within the uh there's a really cool test that my friend Darren Early Wine put me through. It's called the five-fold ministry test. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's based on, oh, I knew I was going to forget the chapter and verse and book, but uh, it's in the New Testament. I think it's where Paul might be in Ephesians, where he's talking about um, Christ's gift to the church are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. So another acronym is APEST okay. for that. And you can look it up and and take it yourself, but it's really cool. Like when you realize, oh, within the big, you know, within the church with a big C, I am an evangelist teacher. And so then I can go, okay, when I go out into the world, I can connect people, I can connect uh, resources. And then I also really enjoy teaching as well. So um that's been kind of cool too, to just kind of uncover. I know that's not necessarily related to like work per se, but it has been really cool to uncover. And, you know, now as my kids are getting older, it's like cool to try to pass down nuggets of wisdom that I've accumulated into their little worlds and, um, and hopefully pay that forward. But yeah, I know it's kind of a long answer to your short question. <laughs> no, no, no. I love, I mean, I, that's one of the questions that obviously I asked just about every one of my guests is just about, you know, hurry and hustle and, and yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it's the area that I hang out the most with the show and, and really in my own life, I, I've gone yeah. through seasons where 
I've not done well at, at managing that. And that's well, what... I, I think that's all of us too, man. You yeah. know, like just, uh, one of the things that I learned through our, our small group at church, which was a really interesting year long discipleship um, process was learning to work from rest instead of resting from work. Yeah. Um, really, you know, really carving those moments out. And, and Lauren and I have talked where in this new year ahead, we really want to get more intentional with family time, with mm -hmm. just having a social life, man. Like, you know, for Lauren, it's more of a, hey, we get to go out and we get to have fun and we get to go make some music together. For me, since I've been doing it longer and from a professional standpoint, Lauren's been singing on stages for probably longer than I have. But for me, it's like the breadwinner perspective of, oof, there's a lot more pressure on dad. It, yeah. it feels a little bit more like work to me yeah. than it does. It probably feels more like play to Lauren. Yeah. So we have had some really good conversations about, man, we just need to, we need to say yes to the right opportunities and no to everything else. Yeah. And, and um, and like I said, we then get to be helpful to, to people who are kind of maybe six or seven steps behind us or alongside us that we go, Hey, this person can do it. Um, so really, really just trying to work from rest as opposed to rest from work. I hope that resonates with someone out there. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, the area that I've been hanging out the most is just looking at this from like a millennial and even Gen Z perspective of just how a lot of us feel like we have to take on every opportunity that will give us an extra bit of money for extra sure. little bit of cushion because we feel like we can't pay for anything right now. And so right. I feel, I mean, I've definitely dealt with that when I was a teacher. I mean, part of it was that I wanted to, to prove that I was a valuable asset to the team, but I also felt like I needed to take on like this club and this and that, because I thought maybe it would help me make a little bit of extra money. And I was just yeah. exhausted whenever, I mean, that's why I started this show when we moved to Bowling Green, I wasn't teaching at that time. And I was like, dude, I am just absolutely wiped out mentally, physically, every which way. And, and I, I, I really feel for people that the reality is that they either feel like they have to say yes to everything sure, or, or they just like, they realistically do for a season of life because they yep. need to make ends meet. And it's, it, I mean, you're, you're running on fumes at some point, you know what I mean? Like you're just, yeah. you're, you're maybe making that extra money, but you don't have much left to give whenever you <laughs> have the money come into you. So yeah, sure. I, I, I love that, you know, uh, work from rest versus resting from work. Yeah. And it's, man, there's no, there's no hard science to it. I think it's part science, part art where you have to know yourself, your own family dynamic, your own, your, your own creative rhythm. Um, you know, I tend to be more creative at night. I just do. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I think I beat myself up about where I'm like, man, I'm in, staying up late and I'm working on this, that, and the other, but the, the creativity is flowing. And it's just like, now I've just kind of come to a better understanding of like, okay, maybe I don't have to work as late into the night, but I can still have that time and space where I can be quiet and work and let the ideas come as the family's upstairs sleeping. Um, and so I think too, uh, having, having a, gosh, uh, it would totally be a different story if I was single, you know, in, in a bad way. Yeah. Um, having Lauren relationship. She is so micro-focused. She's very much tactics. I'm very much macro and strategy. Yeah. And so I think God puts the right people together for the right <laughs> reasons. And maybe you can relate with that with Emily, but yeah. man, it's, it's been amazing to see too, just the blessing that that 
partnership can be for our own children within our own yeah. home. Yeah. Um, I think it might've been John and I'm kind of going all over the place, but that's what we tend to do when we do these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it might've been, uh, I love John Acuff and I, and I always attribute this to him and I could be misattributing uh, it, but I think it was him. He said, you know, the, the place that I'm trying to be the most famous is in my own home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And fame is fine, you know, out, outside the home, but you know, I want to be most known by Lauren and the kids. Right. Um, and I want them to know how much I want to know them. And um, I think as a dad, ultimately that's what matters most. Like the, these kids don't, these kids don't care if I can play guitar or sing or do voiceover or this, that, or the other, they don't care how much money we're making. They don't care about, you know, it doesn't wake them up in the morning and go, Oh man, I'm good because dad's on TV. Yeah. <laughs> cool element of what we get to do. Like we visited the studio together and, you know, Gus got his own, his first voiceover yes. opportunity, which was so cool. And Olivia has, um, has been on uh, my albums and, right. and we're making, Lauren and I are making this variety show that we just created together. And so there's opportunities when the kids come to sound check, it's like they get to see me and Lauren kind of be in our element, but at the end of the day, man, like I, I, I want them to grow up and want to still hang out even when all that's gone. Yeah. And I have no idea where, what we're going to be doing, where we're going to be when they're, you know, my age, but, um, I still want them to, to know, gosh, mom and dad are awesome just in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh yeah, they get to do some pretty cool stuff and we get to yeah. do it with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a little tainted in there, but surprise. No, I love it. I love it. Well, and as you're talking, I mean, one, one thing that I've really tried to be uh, very diligent about, uh, and I've had to, I've had to cut out things in order to make this a reality, but it is very easy for me to allow distractions to keep me from doing tasks that I want to create. Uh, I mean, like I, I've been, been wanting to write a book for years and I finally yeah. am making a lot, a lot of momentum now. And that's an update we can talk about. I signed with a literary agent this year. It's been a big year. Man. It's been a big year, but you know, I, I, I've allowed certain things to distract me in seasons. And it's like, I've, I've had to actively cut things out and like really be diligent about it and be like, okay, I'm not doing X, Y, and Z until I finish X, Y, and Z. So sure. whenever you have gone through periods where you're creating new music, you're, you're doing, you know, whatever the, the task is for you, what does that look like from like a discipline standpoint? Do you deal with distractions? And, and if so, how do you make sure that you don't allow them to derail the end product? Wow. Uh, I was just thinking about this today as I was real, like I was, I'm usually the first in at work because I take the kiddos to the bus stop and then it's kind of, it's kind of nice because it's dark and it's quiet. And I've still got about three hours until I really have to get like fully into show mode. Like, okay, I'm headed to set. So those pockets of deep work happen early morning and typically late at night. Mm-hmm. And so usually I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to death scrolling on, on Instagram or Facebook, where it's like every notification I then go and check and I have to get really disciplined, especially at work when, you know, uh, I need to finish writing scripts or I need to go, um, uh, kind of mine for new leads for guests on the show, Mm -hmm. or 
I need to do some ad, admin work, which admittedly is not my strongest suit. I've learned that I can do admin work, but Lauren swims in that lane. I <laughs> like, I kind of get in that lane and it's, it just feels a little. You need floaties in that lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> precisely. That's a great way of putting it. Um, but as far as like creating music, man, like I, sometimes I welcome the distractions if they're the right distractions. And I mean that like, if I'm feeling like I just need to go and have some alone time or go walk around the neighborhood or go listen to that podcast that I've always been, you know, it's just sat in my library and I haven't listened to it yet, or go discover some new music or go be bored for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of welcome that because in those moments, like I, and, and by bored, I mean like folding laundry or like washing dishes or doing something mundane around the house is usually what I've learned when I can just kind of be still within my own mind and those ideas will start to come and I'll actually be able to hear them. Um, and so if you are not a dishwasher or a laundry folder and you're a songwriter, I highly recommend that you pick those up because <laughs> my experience it has helped me hear some hear some really cool lyrical ideas or just kind of have a thought that pops into my mind. Um, I, I have learned the value of um, asceticism is a little bit heavy, heavy of a word, but just solitude. Mm -hmm. um, in my walk, it's been really helpful. Like my commute to work, man, I listen to Tim Keller do a sermon and then I won't even put any music on. Like really? if he finishes the sermon by the time I get to work on 1.75 speed, um, I I just am quiet. I'm just quiet because I know how much kind of controlled chaos I'm about to enter into with, you yeah. know, talking to anywhere from eight to 15 new people in an hour's worth of time. I mean, that's a lot of mental energy every every morning. Um, Try being a teacher and doing that with three oh kids. My gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, I do not envy you uh, in in that regard when you were teaching. Um, but yeah, I think I am way more focused when I know something's on the books. Like, okay, I've got a songwriting collaboration with my friend Joe, or I'm going to write music with my friend Mike Luganville, or I'm going to go to my friend Sarah's house and we're going to work on a tune. Um, for you know a, a recording or for a um a commercial you know and that was that was an interesting season too recently that i got into is it's uh it's called sync s-y-n-c where you can write music for film tv media all that kind of stuff hmm. so that was a really interesting learning curve i'm still learning just what those songwriting sessions look like with a partner versus hey i'm just trying to write a song about me then it's like, no, we're just trying to write a, th a three minute song that is in this key at this tempo and feels like this. So I've, I've kind of turned a corner just over the past year, year and a half of writing more about feel than writing like personal stories, okay. like bearing my soul to the audience, you know, yeah. we're just like, how do I create a mood? And so that's kind of been an interesting thing as far as being a songwriter goes. Um, it's just a fun season being in, the, in that in that mode. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes distractions can be sparks of inspiration in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. And yeah. so you've got, you've talked about music. You have a new song that just came out alone for Christmas. 
Yes. I love whenever you've got new Christmas music. Uh, talk Thank us you. Through, through this, this, this little tune. Yeah. Out. What, what was the inspiration behind that? I always love hearing <laughs> the creative process. So what, what, well, how did this song come to be? The title is a little bit more morose than how it sounds. It sounds yeah. warm. <laughs> it sounds very like, uh, I didn't know if I was going to get like an early 2000s emo song with that or what? <laughs> um, so last Christmas, uh, Lauren and the kids drove out to her hometown of Hudson, Ohio, outside mm-hmm. of Cleveland, um, about two days before I did. So they were going to go out there, have some extra time with with her folks and family. And I was going to do a couple Indie Now shows and I was going to be like, all right, I'm going to drop off my stuff at home and hit the road and uh, I'll see you guys on Friday. Well, uh, we had like Snowmageddon, uh, Snowpocalypse, whatever you want to call it. And my car just decided that it was going to give up its last breath. Oh, gosh. That day that I was supposed to go home. Honestly, man, I was... I was, I think, divinely protected on my way home from work to home on the interstate because the instant that I got off the off-ramp from the interstate, my car started to just like sputter and like kind of um, lurch forward. And it was just so weird. Like all the alarms were going off on my dashboard. I'm like, what in the heck is going on? That happened to Emily's car last year. And we had it's to get terrifying, car. man. Yeah. It's, it's so scary. And, you know, I'm not sliding off the road into like a... Um, ditch but i i just barely got into our garage and as i put it in park the car just like belched everything in its soul (laughs) and so i'm like well this isn't good so my dad being my dad comes over he's like son i think your car is screwed like we got to get this to the auto shop as soon as we can so it quickly became apparent that i was not going to be able to join the family for christmas even if i got a rental car i was gonna have to drive through a blizzard we just decided listen we're gonna facetime a lot but I'm not going to be there for Christmas, which was really hard. Yeah. Um, Our kids took it differently. Gus, who's six, was just like, okay, dad, well, see you in a week. Olivia (laughs) took it a little bit harder. Uh, Lauren was kind of in the middle of like, uh, you know, I've got to handle all this on my own now, but that's okay. You're safe. That's all that matters. This does feel like a good plot for a Hallmark movie, though, I will say. Honestly, bro, dude, like (laughs) that's what I was thinking when I kind of wrote the song. And so I was was alone one night. Uh, I was alone all the nights, but I was downstairs in our living room and the stockings were up and the lights were kind of low and it was snowing outside and I was like well I've got two choices here I could sit and mope and feel sorry for myself or I could try to um, put a band-aid on that pain by writing a song about this experience and as I was starting to write it I kind of had this vision in my mind of my friend Sarah Scarborough's annual Christmas show at a venue called the Jazz Kitchen here in Indy. Um, and she had invited me two years ago to be her special guest for that show. And I said, you know what? If she ever invites me again to do that show, I would love to sing this song with Sarah as like a duet. Um, I just love her voice. She plays wonderfully on piano. I'm like, that'd be really cool. And so that kind of helped lay the train tracks that the song then was built on. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, I'm writing for the Jazz Kitchen with Sarah's voice. Okay, cool. Got it. Now I need to write the story. And it just flowed, man. It was That's amazing. So cool. All in one night. I think I, I fine-tuned it a little bit the next day. But it just flowed. And we recorded it um, in Bloomington at Airtime Studios where all the Straight No Chaser stuff had been. Oh, recorded. wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was it was very much a homecoming for me. None of them, the, the band, had had 
perf- uh, recorded there. So that was pretty cool. Again, connecting, you know, the joy of connecting dear friends with this space that means so much to me and has so many great memories associated with it and music. And so introducing them to that was really special. Um, reconnecting with Dave, the studio owner was super special. And then we, you know, we cut this, we cut the tune and uh, we released it um, on Wednesday, November 22nd of 2023. And um, it's been, it's been great, man. People have been really responding to it. My, my hope is that, you know, what's beautiful about Christmas music is that it's evergreen, no pun intended, but you can shop it around year to year to year. Yeah. And so this song, I think has really good legs for potential for kind of like that bigger, broader reach than just playing it here in Indiana. And yeah. so um, that's on my to-do list for 24 is to really shop it to some publisher. Yeah, absolutely. Some, uh, you know, just some people who help can get it be heard beyond my own sphere of influence. And um, my father-in-law, who is is not a musician, he just loves music, but he's like, Ryan, all you need is one good hit. You know, all you need. It, <laughs> and I'm like, you're right, Dad. You're you're right. So, if that's a Christmas song, or if that's yet to be a song that I've written, uh, I would totally be down with that. So, uh, but yeah, if, if if you guys love, like, it's it's very much like a Nora Jones, James Taylor kind of vibe, very warm and cozy, um, but but bittersweet, but more sweet than bitter. Yeah. Um, check it out. It's called Alone for Christmas. It reminds me the the one year um, it was the. A year after Emily and I got well, we got married two days before Christmas, and so we were on our honeymoon for Christmas, and that was really hard because we were in Zion National Park. Emily oh, wow. was dealing with altitude sickness, so she was away from her family for like the first time ever on Christmas, and then not feeling well. So Gosh. that was odd. And then the next year, I got sick on Christmas Eve and could not visit with my family. My family oh. all came. My sister came down from Zionsville, and then this is when we lived in Evansville. And I just was too sick. I mean, I w- I didn't eat for three days. And so I was just like, I really, I, I, I hate to miss Christmas again. And then I think 2019, we all met at the best Western in French Lick to do our Christmas. Come on now. <laughs> because my, my niece and nephews, all nieces and nephews all wanted to do the Polar Express ride there. Cool. And then COVID was the next year. So none of us got together. So it was like a stretch where I was like, I haven't seen my family on Christmas for like a legitimate Christmas. And I think 2020 one when we okay. actually got together was like the first time since 2016 that i had actually been with them for an actual christmas so well you're hitting on something too man that i've realized just creatively and and professionally but really personally and just kind of uh, it it dawned on me you know we were so isolated with covid and we had technology to connect us mm-hmm. in the same time but there's something about being connected in the same space yeah, same physical space, being in the same room with someone, um, taking up an occupying space with them that um, I don't think there's any substitute for, man. Yeah, no real substitute for. And um, my my hope with this tune is that uh, it, oddly enough, even though the song is called Alone for Christmas, is that it brings people together or it brings them yeah. back to a memory that that is good. Uh, I wrote a note to myself in my phone recently that said, um, write songs that feel like Nana and Papa's home. My, my, my late grandparents, my mom's parents and, and, and remind people of the goodness and the warmth of, of life. And, 
um, whether that's a Christmas song or whether it's a tune about putting the windows down and driving in the back roads, Indiana, you know, that's really what I try to create. Um, and I, I just also recently, you know, kind of allowed myself to lean more into the fact that I love nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I love nostalgia. I'm a, I'm a history nerd. Um, I feel like that's a big part of your brand, your, at least your music brand. Yeah. Though. I mean, all, a lot of your songs have the nostalgic feel to them. Thank you. Yeah. And, and really, I just that was kind of one of those things, too, that maybe 10 years ago or even five years ago, me would maybe have kind of seen as like, well, yeah, it's kind of a quirky part of me, but I don't know if I want to write from that place. And now I just gave myself permission to be like, no, nah, it's kind of a thing. And, and Ben Rector has, has, I don't know Ben, but, you know, listening to some of his music. Oh, it's um, all like nostalgic. Yeah. Like, yeah, or like friends is like the most nostalgic song. Yep. Yeah. Or even like early John Mayer, uh, like the song 83, where he's talking about, you know, um, where'd my, I don't know the song lyric off the top of my head, but he's talking about his old lunchbox. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like when, when came the day when it got thrown away and don't you think I should have had some say in that decision, you know, like that kind of line even though we probably had different lunchboxes, everybody's had a lunchbox or everybody has had an old friend, yeah. you know, like that rector kind of thing. And so I'm trying to lean more into that. And I just, man, I went for the jugular on it of, Hey, if we're alone for Christmas, let's, let's really tug at that. Uh, let's, let's invite people into this setting and story. And then Sarah just executed so well on the duet and the band sounds so good. And airtime studios in Bloomington is the perfect room for that kind of song where it's just warm and cozy. We had a light up Santa. We we put some lights up, you know, to just kind of get us in the spirit. And I had recorded probably 30 Christmas songs in the dead of July and August there back in like 2008 and nine with Straight No Chaser, yeah. you know? So it was very reminiscent of like, okay, well, it was late fall, but I was like, Christmas music at airtime in Bloomington. I'm like, yeah, I've done this before. I can do that this. Is, that's always interesting to me because like when the Christmas music comes out, it, like you think about like this, they probably recorded this when it was really hot outside. <laughs> it's yeah, weird to get that because I think when <laughs> like I think when your Christmas album came out, Indiana Christmas, I think Phil Wickham also had a, a Christmas album come out the same year, and okay. I remember seeing some videos of him, and it was like he, he, I mean, he had music videos, and I was like, they very clearly shot this like in june or july and they're like you know he's singing the joyful joyful we adore thee and they're all just like going to town on it and i'm like y'all are getting in the christmas spirit literally christmas in july probably so even earlier if they put together a music video i don't know if you look at the artwork of my album specifically on the back of indiana christmas i'm pulling a sled and i'm wearing an overcoat but my friend megan mellinger who did the artwork and graphic design like had to add some snow to the grass (laughs) <laughs> like through a filter or whatever, however she does her magic. Um, because yeah, we were just like, well, the album's got to come out in late October, early November, you know, and there's no snow on the ground. So how are we going to do this? Um, yeah. Christmas music creation is interesting. It's a whole, like it's a different, it's a complete subgenre with its own little processes and everything. But yeah. yeah, I'm super glad that you enjoy the song though, man. And a lot of people have been adding it to their playlists and, you know, I just got a text from a buddy today. who's like, Hey man, we, we just put up our tree and uh, you know, we just added uh, we added this to the, to the new, we added the new song to the playlist. And so that's just a joy, man, that, yeah. that it's, it's out there quite honestly, you know, promoting the new music is my least favorite part of it. Um, I love the creation, the ideation, the creation process, but um, even though ironically enough, I have a marketing degree from, from IU it's, it's <laughs> really just like one of those things where I'm like, I just want to delegate that 
you know, and, yeah. and so I have, I've just learned, I'm like, I need to be writing, performing and recording. Yeah. Everything else. If there's a way that I can outsource it, I'm going to. That's the, that's the predicament I'm in is that I don't love the marketing part of it. Like I love yeah. doing these podcast episodes, but I'm not always great at marketing the episode themselves. So I'm like, sure. I, I, I do it enough to get it in front of people, but I'm like, I, I, I don't know the algorithms and how to, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of money paying for ads and all that stuff, but I just, yeah. I'm like, look, if people want to find it, they'll find it. And, and part thankfully of it people have, more people have started to find it. So I'm, I'm glad. It's about great. It. And part of what I've learned too, is it's less the things that I'm creating and it's more the community that I get to create with. Yeah. It's the most important and the most memorable, you yeah. know, it is kind of cool in this digital world now where it's like that music will be around when my grandkids are out and they can yeah. access, Yeah, you know, or Olivia here, you know, when she's, she might cover some of your songs whenever she's older. Dude, I wouldn't put it past her, man. She's got a great <laughs> voice. She's starting to pick. It's really cool. Like, both kids are doing things at an earlier age that I remember doing. Like Olivia is really good at um, finding the melody of something and yeah. figuring it out on the piano without really knowing a ton of like the rules of music theory, like just kind of learning by ear. And I'll point that out to her or her brother, Gus, like when I see them doing something that I did as a kid, I'm like, you're doing this, but you're doing this like six years before I did. Yeah, I told Gus he's he's six years old. He's in first grade. He got his first voiceover gig for a, a commercial for the Indiana State Museum's like awesome holiday family experience. It was amazing. And I told him, I said, buddy, when I was five, I I remember having my first ever memory of kind of like catching the performer itch of like, ooh, that was fun. Let me see if I can do that again. And it was making up a silly voice to my favorite story. It was called um, Benjamin Funny Bunny um, <laughs> and, or PJ Funny Bunny. Uh, it, it was my favorite story. And I would read it to my family in our Volkswagen camper when we were living in Germany. My dad was in the Navy and it would just make my family laugh. And I remember really vividly being like, "Ooh, I wonder if I can do that again. And now he's a year older than that age that I was. And he's got, and he's on the radio, literally Lauren the other day heard him on the radio when she was driving, doing some errands. And it's crazy. Like, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, but it's like, it is really, really cool to see them without any pressure. Like, I don't think we're putting pressure on them. I think they're just seeing us do what we do, but, um, and seeing us enjoying it. It's so cool to see them start to, you know, kind of walk into those gifts that God has put into them. And so part of the joy is, you know, getting to see that unfold. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I felt the spirit of the Allwart family when I was in Stuttgart this summer. I, I, oh, nice. remember I, I texted you and I was like, yeah. hey, I, I wonder... Uh, I, I think there's two different bases there. So I guess you're, yes. you guys were at the other one that we were, we were yes. at one and you're, you as it stayed at the other ones. Cause my, yeah. uh, we were staying with my, my wife's uncle who's in the air force. Cool. Uh, and so they were at what, I don't forget what the name of that base we, was. We were at patch uh, army, army base. My dad was in the Navy, but um, yeah. That... Been at the, what was it? Panzer? Is that the other one? Yes. Yes. I think yeah. you're right. I was, I was there for preschool and kindergarten. We moved from Germany and actually I write about that. I sing about that in my song, Indiana, like the first verse is super, the whole song's autobiographical, but um, it was like, I was, I was born in. Central. That's how I knew you lived there was from the yeah. song. <laughs> there you Seriously. go. <laughs> and, and again, nostalgia. 
you yeah. know, uh, what's it go? I was born in Sunshine. That was San Diego. I was born in Sunshine. Then we moved on out to Stuttgart before making Pascagoula our home. Then we mm-hmm. drove our family caravan up North New England town, but it was here that we finally settled down. Mm-hmm. Like I remember writing that in 22, uh, 20, 2007. I remember writing that and being like, where did this come from? And I still, it's one of my favorite songs. It's kind of like, I'll kick off a set with that song. If it's kind of a listening crowd. Cause I know like immediately that, you know, we're, we're wired for story. Right. So it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you my story, part of my story through this song. Here you go. Boom. Yep. It's just a fun kind of entryway into the rest of the concert for me. Yeah. But yeah. I appreciated that text though. When you reached out, man, that was awesome. Yeah. That, it was like, I, we didn't stay in Stuttgart too much. We we went to Munich one day and then, well, when we got off the flight, we flew into, uh, where do we find to Frankfurt? And yeah. then went that went to Heidelberg, and then I was yeah. dead tired from the air from the flight. I hardly remember Heidelberg because I was in so much pain from sitting in an airplane for that long. Ugh. But, but yeah, we went to Munich, and Munich was awesome. And then um, from there, we from one of those days, we went over to Austria, which is where Emily spent a summer studying before we met. And so she took oh. me to the town where she studied that summer. And so we took a day trip there. That was really cool. So I'd never been to Europe before I got to go to Switzerland, which is where my grandmother is from. She was from Zurich and she was declining in health at the time. And she ended up passing away uh, on July 4th, actually. So I was able to go, we went in May. I was able to go on the trip, take pictures of Zurich, see a couple of places where she lived, come back and show her the pictures and and share that memory with her. And that was really special to me. So uh, there's a song in there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, there's a, if I was a songwriter, which yeah. I, I did, I did contact you. I was like, Hey, I have this idea. <laughs> I want to write a song about my experience of going through the tornado and other things. I just was like, yeah. I am not a songwriter, so I may need your help. So that's still on the back burner. My wife and I do love to create just fun little ditties about our cats. So we're love always that. like, we don't know why anybody hasn't paid us yet to, to record these. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't understand why we're not making all kinds of money from that's these little so ditties. Fun, I had a girl on, I had a girl on the show recently, uh, and her whole bit is that she just makes silly songs and it's hilarious. Like that is her whole bit. And so she like wrote a song about a worm, like literally just about a worm. She wrote a song about like wearing overalls and it's just as like, yeah, it's, it's, it's meant to be goofy. I'm like, I like seriously could see her like getting some contract for some children's television show yes. because they're all just goofy songs. So Dude, it's play, man. I think at the end of the day, like all of us really enjoy play and sometimes us adults like we don't either we think we don't have the time to or we choose to do something else and I think certainly having kids has made me become more present of man these moments I have this this saying that was inspired actually by Andy Bernard from The Office who is one of those characters that I just completely resonate with but um, my saying was based off of his that was I wish there was a way to know that you're in the good old days before you leave them. And that really inspired me to go, wow, these are the good old days. And I even, I've put it into several songs, just kind of that concept of like, man, this is all we have right now. Right now is all we got, you know? Yeah. And um, I would love, please send me that, uh, that episode. I would love to hear that one, man. I'd love yeah. to follow. I, I, yeah. It, we, it, I think we just recorded that in October. So uh, she, she was funny. She lives down in Nashville and it, she just cool. was like, yeah, I just decided to start making silly songs and now that's my job. So that's what I do. So it, yeah. So great. That's so, so great. Well, I, I don't want to keep you from, from putting your little one to bed. Any other big updates to share? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, continue if you're, if you're in central Indiana, um, Indy now is on Fox 59 
uh, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11, and our sister station, CBS 4, from 3 to 4. Um, I'm going to be doing even more new music. I've, I've got probably seven or eight songs that are in different various phases of being recorded and produced. Um, that'll be kind of like a sort of an American Southwest early 1970s kind of vibe okay. is like Eagles, Crosby, Souls, Nash and Young, America, very acoustic driven, not one song about me on the project. It's all okay. just kind of creating a vibe and creating a mood. Um, and so that is untitled, doesn't have a release date. Don't know if it's going to be an album or a bunch of singles, but um, you can follow along Ryan songs on all different socials. Um, and then if you are up for a road trip, if you're not in Indiana uh, or if you're in the area, um, Feinstein's at Hotel Carmichael in Carmel, Indiana has become our new home base for shows. It's a beautiful cabaret um kind of like a it's a real listening room it's like a, a dinner and a show it's a 90 minute variety show that my wife lauren and i created um it's called indie nights where we have a bunch of talented musician friends that we introduce to our audiences and we say hey these are some of our friends you need to follow them and it's a really entertaining and fun and upbeat show there's comedy there's magic there's um storytelling there's original songs there's fun arrangements of of cover tunes um so that's something that i'm really looking forward to diving into more um, if you love history, um, I, I am the co-founder and, and a host of, uh, it's called the Presequential Podcast. Back in 2019, my my good friend Blaine Zimmerman and I decided to read a, a biography of every American president. Um, we got uh, all the way through Obama and stopped purposefully. Um, and uh, that is on uh, you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to. And we we drank a cocktail that that president liked during the recording session and we talk about their lives legacies and little known facts and you know you think about the mount rushmore guys and you're like okay i, I know how our country is different because of lincoln and washington or whatever but what about chester arthur what about millard fillmore what about yeah. james garfield you know what about um those guys who uh served and and um one of the coolest episodes that we got to do is at the home of benjamin harrison who was indiana's uh, only president. He was he was a one-termer between Grover Cleveland's two terms that were, um, I think, yeah, he was number 23. And so getting to know the uh, the staff there at his, his home and, and, and presidential site here in Indianapolis was really cool yeah. um, if you're a super nerd like us. So yeah. lots of fun things happen, man. Really, really cool stuff. And um, I love this tradition, man. I'm, I'm sorry that we couldn't do it again. I, I, I think it's a good thing that neither of us really remember why we couldn't do it last year. But um, I, I am honored that you um, continue to invite me to be part of your show and um, and get to be uh, with your listeners, man. Thank you. Well, it's it's an honor for me, too. And I, I it was just cool. Like I, when I connected with you, I was like, hey, I, would, what would you think about doing this music for the show? And then you sent yeah. me the you, you sent me the the demo for it and I was like, okay, that's perfect. And I, I mean, you, you mentioned one of your songs, I mean, windows down was a song that I was going for. And you were like, well, what if I slowed it down a little bit? And I was like, yeah, yeah. see, this is why you're a musician and I'm not a musician. <laughs> well, the so, name's in no hurry. Right. So it's like, it, all right, you gotta, you gotta kind of downshift a couple gears. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, and it just worked out. And so it's been really cool and it's just kind of the, it's the vibe. And every time I, I hear the, I, I almost wish that you would take that, that you created and almost create a song with that mm -hmm. tempo. So okay. a little idea cool. for you. Yeah. I love so, it. Cause I, I, love I, it. I, I'm always like wanting to sing and I'm like, 
just do the little the the part of it so anytime that i have emily on the show it's so funny because like whenever we wrap up she starts singing it because that's like i always you know intro and close with the music yeah, sure. and she, she'll yeah. just, she'll start singing that part because we always record an episode every year for our anniversary as well i so saw that yeah that's awesome he's always like and i'm like okay the music's gonna cut in now so it's catchy yeah. i like it oh that's fun man well thank you thank you yeah. so much man and appreciate your flexibility too with the with a little pause there that we had to get uh, Olivia settled. Um, yeah. thank you. <laughs> um, well, much love brother. God bless you and, and continue to uh, keep creating your own art, man. And uh, I hope next time we get to do this, that there's even more of an update on that book. So. Well, and, and if, uh, if, if Lord willing, I'm still doing the the TV show and you want to come on up, man, to Indy and promote it, you got a, uh, you got a seat at the table, bro. You know what? I'll add that to the proposal of a potential media <laughs> media partner right there. Put so. it up on the dream board. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank Love you so it, much for joining me again, uh, Olivia. Thanks for joining us as well, Olivia, the the, the famous uh, recording artist on Indiana yes. Christmas. Is it the uh, Go Tell It on the Mountain that she's on? Is that right? It is. Yeah, right, she was. Yeah. I think maybe five years old when you did That's that. Right. Yeah. Or it was nineteen. It was twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do the math. Yeah, yeah. It's nineteen because that's when the show. I, I just remember that was when the 19. show launched, and that yeah. was when you were the, the, the when we recorded. I think the album was like about to come out when we yes. when we first did the. Because yeah. I think we I think we recorded in October, and then yeah, it came out I guess November yep. or late October. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Thanks, man. This was so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, take it easy. We'll talk to you soon. See you, brother. Bye bye. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ryan. I always enjoy getting a chance to catch up with him. Like we said, not really sure why we missed last year, but nonetheless, excited to have him back on to recap this past year and to commemorate four years of this podcast being around. And if you've listened for the whole time, part of the time it's been out, you've popped in here or there, whatever the case is, maybe this is your first time listening to the show just really grateful that you've checked it out and if you've listened to more than one super grateful that you come back and decided that it's something that was worthwhile and if you're new i hope you will stick around this is a show where i interview a lot of creative people like ryan a lot of authors musicians people that love jesus and love to use their creativity for what they feel god has called them to do and just on a personal note this episode is being released on december 11th and if you followed my story at all over the past couple of years, you know this date is near and dear to my heart. Two years ago to the day, our house was hit by a tornado that came through our town of Bowling Green, Kentucky. And I just want to use this opportunity to remember that time and especially the 20 or so people that we lost just in our community from that storm. And our community is still healing from that. Emily and I are still healing from that mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Our, our community is really still rebuilding. And this past weekend, we had another tornado come through almost exactly on the day. And so it's just kind of rattled the minds of both Emily and me, and I know our community as well. And so just keep this area in your prayers. Another town nearby us, Clarksville, Tennessee, was hit by a tornado. And it's just a weird thing where December, the last few years, has been a hot time for severe weather. So very weird things happening in the Mid-South. So just keep this area of the country in your prayers as we go through the new year because there's a lot of people that are going to be struggling. In the same vein, I'm also, in a way, 
feeling really grateful that on this day, two years later, I'm able to release this podcast and be in a different mental state than I was even just last year on this date. Because coming up, you know, on the one year anniversary, it was just a really weird thing where, where a lot of that, the anxiety of that night had flooded back to me. And in some ways that came back again this weekend when the tornado came, another tornado came through. And thankfully we were out of town for this one, but still a lot of that anxiety as I was anxious about what was going on in our neighborhood and our house was flooding back. And so it still is very present. And I think for anybody that goes through something traumatic, it, it never leaves them. And so I, I just, if you've gone through anything like that, if you've gone through anything traumatic, I just pray that you can find comfort in God and find comfort in the loved ones in your life, like Emily and I have been able to find. And as I reflect on another year of this podcast, I just feel so grateful for a lot of things. We're in a new house, which has been a super big blessing. Obviously, we feel bittersweet about having to leave our old house that we experienced the tornado in and we're able to move back into and see that restored. But there's just been so many good things that have happened in this in this year, 2023. And I'm just grateful for all of the different guests that I've been able to have on this show. It's one of my favorite parts is just meeting new people or reconnecting with people like Ryan that I've had on the show before. And I truly hope that you've enjoyed hearing from these guests. And as always, if you have any suggestions on who I should have, who I should talk to, maybe there's people that I don't even know about that you think would be a great guest, please feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on social media, Cole Claiborne on Twitter or X, whatever it's called now, and Instagram, Facebook, Cole Douglas Claiborne. You can also email me, Claiborne at gmail.com. Seriously, I would love to hear your suggestions, and I'm pretty much open to fielding any suggestions. Can't guarantee that I'll have everybody on or can even connect with them, but I'd love to hear your suggestions. And if there's an author or a musician or some other creative Christian person that you think would be a really interesting conversation, would love to hear it. So feel free to reach out. But that's all for me this week. Emily and I will be back soon to do our annual anniversary podcast episode. And then I will see you in 2024. I plan on using a lot of the rest of December to work on some writing. And so I will be back in January with some new interviews with some great people. Hope you will tune back in then. Until then, I hope you have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. And as always, I hope you find some time as we end this year to relax and not be in a hurry and we'll catch you next time.